0: Hey traders, Kill Stokes here. Welcome back to another episode of the Trading Coach Podcast. Thank you as always for joining me. I had a very interesting conversation this morning with uh, one of my best friends. He, he called me this morning asking some financial questions. And just to give you guys some background, this is a, a friend that he knows nothing, really about nothing about money, nothing about investing and I don't say that. I don't mean that in a way where he's a, an idiot. He's, he's a, a very intelligent guy. He holds a high position at um, a fantastic university, the top university in Pennsylvania. And uh, just he's just not knowledgeable about the investment side. He, he's never been financially educated, which is something that a lot of people um, share. And I can go off on a whole rant about the school system and and how it's it's, uh, how horrible it is that they don't really teach about financial education. I'm also a little bit of a conspiracy theorist about why they don't teach it, because if people were more knowledgeable and more control of their money, they'd make better decisions. If they make better decisions, they wouldn't have to rely on certain other entities and they would lose that power and control. But uh, I'll stop while while I'm ahead before they, they shut down my podcast on that. Um, but every time he has a financial question, he calls and asks me. So this morning he called and he was asking about um, money market accounts and interest rates and, and stuff like that. We did have the, the interest rate hike a few days ago, so he was kind of asking, hey, you know, what effect does that have on this and that? And we got onto the topic of investing because he's always wanted to take his his. I guess, is investing to the next level. And he's been slowly doing baby steps with, you know, savings accounts, certificates of deposits, money management. um, And he's ready and willing to take it to the next level. He's just very scared. And the reason why he's scared is because he doesn't have a lot of that knowledge. So I was talking to him a little bit about investing this morning and trying to make him understand that it's really not as complicated as many people think. And I think one of the reasons that people make it complicated is so you can give them business, right? If they make something seem like, "Oh, you're not smart enough. You haven't been educated enough to to do this," um then you must rely on them, the expert, right? The quote-unquote expert to do it for you, and then they can, you know, take an account management fee, commissions, what have you. But in my opinion, It's really more common sense, and and when I was an investor, and I still am an investor in different things, but when I I first started in the stock market um, as an investor, I never had any of the traditional uh, background as far as education goes. I was a business major in college. Uh, However, I switched majors my first year, after my first year, because, well, I struggled in math class. I struggled in micro and macro economics, and I just didn't understand the concepts and it was funny how after i graduated i kind of came right back into that realm and aside from the basics uh, supply and demand um, i didn't really need any of that knowledge and while we're on the topic of supply and demand understand that supply and demand is not a numbers game right it, it's it's a concept game and a great book if you as a relationship game i should say and a great book you should read if you haven't already it's a big one so watch out is Basic Economics by Thomas Sowell. It's uh, it was a book that was recommended to me by my trading mentor, Jason Stapleton. And it was really the first book that kinda got me back into economics. I was so scared because again, I was bad at it. I almost failed out of it in college. And, you know, I I didn't want to approach it. And reading this book just gave me a lot more confidence because it was essentially the same way that I had made a lot of money investing by relationships. And what I mean by that is supply and demand, it's not necessarily, you don't need to know numbers. The numbers don't really matter. I and mean, obviously the numbers will come into account if you're looking at the specifics, but it's all about the relationship. What When this happens, when A happens, how does that affect B? When B happens, how does that affect C? I gave the example in the live trading room the other day. Let's say we're talking about milk and there's something happens with the milk cows and there's not a lot of milk being produced. Right. So what effect does that have? Well, if there's not a lot of milk being produced. That means the supply of milk is lower. Right. The supply of milk is lower than what the demand of milk is. Therefore, or then, you can raise the price of milk and people will still buy it and you can take vice versa if there's an oversupply of milk and milk is sitting on the shelves and it's it's expiring and the store can't sell it what can they start doing? They can start marking down the prices um, in order to meet that demand we had to we actually went on a whole rant about um <laughs> why I shop on certain days of the the week when it comes to grocery shopping, why I shop on Wednesdays and Thursdays because you get the cheapest prices because, you know, the end of the weeks are the busiest days where the the bigger shipments are coming in. And anyway, oh, I kind of live my life by these principles. But we were talking about investing this morning, and one of the main reasons he didn't get into investing or hasn't gotten into investing yet is because he's scared. He's scared of not having enough knowledge. He's scared of losing money. And I was giving him an example of a recent investment call that we made on Nike and how you really have to do the opposite of, of what people are, are thinking. And I think it was Warren Buffett who had a great quote that said, um, you, wanna be, you wanna be fearful when everyone, else, when, everyone else, when everyone else is greedy, you wanna be fearful. When everyone else is fearful, you wanna be greedy. And, and I directed uh, this quote to the, the recent Nike situation. Nike recently put out an ad a controversial ad with uh, Colin Kaepernick, who's a controversial figure here in, in the U.S., maybe other places as well. And when we were looking at the stock in the, the after hours, we saw that the stock price was falling off. I think it went from about 85 to maybe 79, something like that. And we were looking at this area in the live room. We were talking about Nike and we we're saying, okay, aside from this isolated incident of this, this controversial move or whatever, um, do you have any other red flags with Nike long term? Right. Is this company going to fail? Right. They recently had earnings that were kind of below expectations. Uh, but bigger picture, I, I think everyone would be bullish. Nike. Right. It, it's positive. It, it's the, the top brand out there. And so the question is, when, we, when the markets open up and you see this dip it, because everyone's panicking off this whole ad situation, Are you going to hop on the train of panicking and maybe uh, sell your shares if you have them or avoid Nike? Or are you going to be greedy? Are you going to look the other way and say, hey, people are selling. I'm getting something that I value. I'm getting something that I believe has a bright future. Am I getting it at a discount? And those are the opportunities that you want to look for in the market. And I gave the example of buying a shirt this morning. because Again, just to kind of relate to my friend, I said, Imagine you have this awesome dress shirt, right? It's the perfect fit. It feels good. And this dress shirt usually costs you $40, right? This is your number one shirt. You wear it every day, a different version of it every day. You just switch the tie up because men, we can get away with stuff like that. And let's say you usually buy it for $40. Well, let's say you go to the store and you see this same shirt has been marked down for $30. Are you afraid to buy it or are you thinking about buying maybe two instead of one? And he's like, well, yeah, I would, I would buy two. It's $10 cheaper. Why not? Okay, so what if you come into the store the next week after that, and that, that shirt that was normally $20, or normally $40, is now $20. You're getting a, a 50% discount. What would you do then? He's like, I'd, I'd, I'd probably go in and buy as many as I can. I said, why? Well, I like, well you said it was a nice shirt. You said it's my, my go-to. I wear it every day. I, I, I value it. Um, why wouldn't I buy more when it's cheaper? I'm just saving myself money. And I said, investing's the same way. If you are someone that values Nike, if you are someone that has a very positive outlook on it, and originally it was costing you $85 a share to buy, and now you're going into the market and selling at $75 a share, why are you fearful? Shouldn't you be greedy? Shouldn't you be looking at that and saying, I'm getting a $10 discount per share? Shouldn't I want to buy more? And it was at that moment, kind of the light bulb went off. It's like, oh, I get it now. And and it's hard to do. I mean, easier done with the shirt. Because when you buy a shirt, there's no chance of losing money on a shirt. When you you buy a stock, there's a chance you can lose money on the stocks, right? So there is a a, a psychological difference there. But the principles are the same. If you value something, the cheaper it gets, the more you want to buy. And we we're talking about timing on when he should get involved. And I said I, I do expect right the stock market to crash right now. Everything's just been rallying up. You can kind of close your eyes and pick anything and make money. Um, I do expect the stock market to crash. Right, we're in this state of kind of this this weird euphoria, and it can't last forever. But at the same time, I've been I've been thinking the stock market was going to crash for the last like three four years. So who knows when it's going to happen? But. If you start educating yourself now, you start kind of playing the demo game, right, where you pretend to invest. You just start getting in the habit of kind of identifying what stocks you may be interested in and, and whatnot. When that crash does happen, or I guess if that crash, I guess we could say when. It is certain, right? It can't you know it can't go up forever, can it? We can't just keep cheating the game forever. Um, but when that crash comes, you're going to see a lot of discounts in the market, and if you're a young investor out there, when those discounts come, oh, you better be ready to pounce. You can't be fearful, right? You can't look at it and be like, oh, everything's dropping. I, I, I can't buy it. No, it's the exact opposite. When everyone else is fearful, the, the great Warren Buffett, when everyone else is fearful, you need, you need to be greedy. So as that stock price drops from $50 to $40, you should be looking to buy. If it then goes from 40 to 30, you should be looking to buy some more. If it goes from 30 to 20, you should be looking to buy even more, right? Keep buying on the way down. Establish your position because when it eventually rises back up, assuming you're looking at a good stock, you know, I'm not saying do this with uh, some risky penny stock. You'll probably blow everything, but, you know, just, you know, imagine a blue chipper, something like that. Um, you're going to be able to get involved in a much cheaper average price than what others were, because I'll tell you what, everyone else is going to wait for that stock to start rallying up, bounce back from, what did I say, 20, bounce back from 20 to 30 to 40 to 50. They're going to buy it while it's on the up end, and they're going to get a much uh, a much worse price. And that was a conversation we had this morning, and I said, so start very, very basic. My first stock was Apple, right? And the reason my first stock was Apple, because it was very simple, right? Apple was releasing something called the iPhone. Right at the time, or uh, yeah, the iPhone. At the time, cell phones. I'm gonna date myself now. Cell phones were just getting really popular, like the like the new smartphones, not just like the the flip ones. The new smartphones were becoming more popular, Um, and everyone had an iPod. For you guys that are younger, that was a device in which you listened to music on. Kind of the first thing after like the (laughs) the cassette tape and the uh, the Walkman and the CD player. The Discman. Still got like three of them in the house. Love the Discman. Right, you guys, you know, oh man, this brings me back. The disc man, where you got to hold it just right so that the disc doesn't kind of skip and, and scratch the end of the disc, or like the cassette player, where like it doesn't have a um, doesn't have a rewind button, so you got to kind of like f- open it up, flip the cassette backwards, fast forward it on the back side, and then flip it back to the other side. Those bring me back, man. Good days, good days. Also made a lot of money in high school. Uh, selling mixtapes, putting them on cassettes and on, on burning them on CDs. Got me, made me a lot of money in high school, weekly mixtapes. But anyway, so I bought Apple because of that. I said, hey, common sense. Hey, you got two things that people like. It should work together, right? So use that common sense knowledge to make your investments. And then as you get more more comfortable, right, then you look for the next level down. So not only... hit something on my 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 screen, excuse me. Um, so not only are you not only are are you asking yourself, okay, well we got we got an iPhone. I, I believe that 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 should be good. But now you're asking yourself the next question, okay, well who's making the parts for the iPhone? Right? Because if the iPhone's going to be popular, right? And there's company B is the one producing the graphics card for the iPhone, then as the Apple stock rises, as the iPhones do well, so should the stock of company B who's producing this very important part for the iPhone, right? And that's where you're going to find some of the cheaper ones because we're talking about the price of something. I bought Apple at 100 bucks. This is back like four splits ago, right? And my friend, I'm like, you may not, you know, he's got, I think, about $1,000 to start investing with. I said, you know, you may not want to buy any Apple um, or buy a, a high-valued stock because you just, you, what, you want to get two shares? So you may want to find a cheaper one that's directly associated with it. Therefore, you can buy more shares of that cheaper stock and maybe get a bigger bang for your bucks. And he's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. So again, no numbers. Um, you should be able to look at a financial statement and see if the company's doing good or bad. And I'm, I'm not saying you don't want to do research. You always want to research something before you buy it. But what I'm saying is when I was an investor, The main, my main investment decisions came at the end of the day, they came from common sense. I would double check. I would do research. I would make sure everything's healthy and make sure there's no red flags there. But most of the time it was common sense. Does this make sense? And really, that's what mattered to me. And I don't I don't know if that's the, the, the right way to do it. I don't know if that's the right way to teach it. You probably have some expert investors out there that are offended by me saying that. But I can tell you what, it, it worked very, very well for me back then. It still works very, very well for me right now. And for anyone that's new to investing, that's how I would recommend that you start. And then as you fall or if you fall more in love with it, you can obviously educate yourself and, and start creating more depth in your analysis that way. But Start with common sense, right? If it makes sense, do it. You can't be scared. If you value something, don't be afraid to buy at the bargain. Remember what Warren Buffett said. When everyone else is fearful, you should be greedy. When everyone else is greedy, you should be fearful.